Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh, and today we're going to be having a cosmic, celestial, astrological episode as we talk about eclipses and what is often referred to in the spiritual community as eclipse season. I thought we would talk about this today to give you a little bit of time because if you're listening to this in real time, we have a solar eclipse coming on Tuesday, October 25th, and this is going to be kicking off the two-week eclipse season this fall. So I thought we would just have a general podcast episode today about eclipses, about what they mean for you, what they create, why they matter, what happens during eclipse season, what is eclipse season, and the power it can have over your life and especially your manifestations. There's a big, somewhat myth, I would say, circling around the idea of eclipses that you cannot manifest during an eclipse. And I really want to talk about that today because while I understand it, I personally do not totally agree with it. And I'm going to explain why. And I'll explain, you know, my thought processes and kind of the belief that I have instead. I don't think the idea that you should not manifest during eclipse is totally wrong. I understand the roots of it. But we'll kind of get into today what I think you should do instead and how I change my practices around the eclipse and how I prepare for eclipses and what I hope to get out of them. So today we'll be preparing you for Scorpio season, which is starting on October 23rd in just a few days. And then we'll also be talking about the two-week approximate eclipse season, which starts on October 25th with the new moon eclipse and ends on November 8th with the full moon eclipse. The new moon eclipse is also known as a solar eclipse. It's, it is a solar eclipse. It just lines up with the new moon and it opens this two-week portal, this two-week period that we call eclipse season. So buckle in, let's get into all the moon magic that's coming up over the next few weeks and let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh. Tarot reader, spiritual coach, past life regression practitioner, and your personal spiritual hype girl. I'm here to help you break down your walls and practice the radical vulnerability you need to get to know your soul at its very core. This podcast will give you the guidance to change your fear into power and take those first steps on your ultimate journey to soul transformation. So take a deep breath and let's get mystical. Okay, so let's get into it. Eclipse season. So there's always going to be like a pre-eclipse season energy and a post-eclipse season energy. And I'm not going to be talking about that too much today. I'll be talking a little bit more about like generally what you can be doing, but the real magic happens between the two eclipses, between the solar slash new moon eclipse and the full moon eclipse. So the reason that eclipse season matters is because what it does is within those two weeks, it kind of opens up a portal for extreme change and transformation and an extreme shedding of the old self, shedding of the shadow self and leaving behind what no longer serves you. It's the best time to do a huge purge, huge release to open up space within yourself, within your environment, whatever it is for this next level self, for this next version of you to come in. So it's this like big transformation portal that opens up between these two dates, between these two lunar events. 
And personally for me, Scorpio season has always been a huge season of transformation. It's really what I see as an aspect of the season that you can go through a huge shedding of the ego, shedding of the self, and a really, really big magnetic transformation into your next level self during Scorpio season. Really bold and big action can be taken during Scorpio season because Scorpio season is a water element, so you're very in touch with your emotions, but it also does have that essence of fire and magnetism inherently in it, right? It's that sexy, dominant water sign. So for me, I personally have always correlated Scorpio with the Tower card. Technically, and like historically, the Tower card is aligned with Aries, but I think that's more of the like destruction and fire and that aspect of it. Whereas for me, I now read the Tower card as huge change, huge transformation. You know this if you haven't listened to my Tower Moment podcast, episode five, you should definitely go listen to that if you want to know more about this idea of a tower moment, but now that I read the card that way, to me it gives me heavy Scorpio energy. The other tarot card that matches with Scorpio energy is actually the death card, which to those of you who don't know tarot might be like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. We're headed to death season. That's not what I mean. (laughs) More what I mean is the death of a cycle, this once again shedding of something old to step into something totally new. The death card, whenever that comes up in a tarot reading, I always say like it's time to completely shut the door on a person, on a cycle, on a habit, on a part of your life. Because if you don't completely shut the door, you're leaving it open to return, you're leaving whatever that thing is to return back in your life, and you can't fully step through into a new cycle until you've let go of the old one. So the death and the tower card, to me, they do hold similar energies of just complete and utter change. The death card is a little more controlled, like you can control the change. The tower card is like you're going to be dragged through it no matter what. And both of these do hold the essence of Scorpio season to me. Because you can have both at the same time. Scorpio season, you can be just dragged through by the universe saying, all right, let's go. We're up-leveling, we're changing but you can also have that control change. You can have that, you can have those active steps towards shedding the self, shedding the ego, stepping into something new. So that's kind of the potent energy that I really see around this time of year, around this Scorpio season. And then when you match that with the eclipse, where it opens up this portal for complete change, it's like elevated transformative energy, elevated opportunity, elevated release and, you know, capacity to do shadow work and just release. So I really think over the next few weeks, whether you like it or not, things are going to be falling away. Things are going to be changing. The energy is going to be heavy and intense and strange. So if it's going to happen regardless, why not lean into it? Why not take charge so you can actively be a part of your transformation and make sure that you are doing what you need to make this transformation the best it can possibly be for you? So now with that being said, what is it that you need to do during this time? What is it that you need to do to take that control, to take that inspired action, to align yourself with this amazing opportunity to step into that next level version of yourself, step into your manifestations with ease? So if you're in the spiritual space, if you're not, that's okay, but if you're heavily in the spiritual space on Instagram, TikTok, any sort of social media, you have probably heard that you should not manifest, that everyone's like, don't do your manifestation practices, don't manifest during eclipse season because the moon is in shadow. So it's said that during eclipse season, the moon is in shadow 
and therefore it's a direct assault on the sun through the moon's light. And then the same with a full moon eclipse, it is a direct assault on the moon's light. And so the sun and moon in astrology, they represent sun is our morals, our ego, our sense of self, and the moon is our emotional body, our feelings, our subconscious mind. So if a shadow is being cast on both of these, it's really easy to understand why maybe you shouldn't be doing the same work. Maybe you shouldn't be doing the manifestation because your sense of self, your ego, and your emotional body and subconscious mind are having a shadow cast upon them, are being disrupted. However, this is not to scare you. This is not to stress you out about manifesting, but you are always manifesting. Every moment of every day, even if you are not actively doing manifesting processes, you are still manifesting your life by the actions that you take. If you want to know more about the roots of manifestation and how it works, I do have a podcast episode about this that you can go check out about my manifestation formula, and I kind of break down manifestation there. But basically what I say is that the definition of manifestation is to be evidence of, so to act as if. So your actions are continuously and always manifesting who you are becoming, if you're staying the same, if you're going backwards, what is going to happen in the future. You are always manifesting. So people saying, don't do your manifestation practices. Don't manifest during eclipse season. You're still manifesting. You're always manifesting. You can't just stop. I think oftentimes what they're referring to, what people are referring to when they say this is not to do your active manifestation processes because your subconscious mind and your ego are having shadows cast upon them. So it could be very, very easy to just decide to take very fear-based behavior, to manifest something that you don't actually want. It's more of an ego or a fear or something that's unaligned with you because these parts of yourself are cast in a shadow during this time. However, regardless, you are going to be manifesting. So maybe it's not coming up with new manifestations during this time period, but you can still be active in your manifestation processes as long as you make the decision not to change what your manifestations are going to be. Any change that is going to be happening during this time you will actively know are going towards certain goals, certain manifestations before the eclipse season even begins. So that is all to say you're allowed to manifest during eclipse season. This is me saying, go do your manifestation practices. Don't get out of the routine. Don't give up your energy work just because people are saying, oh, don't do it because it's casting a shadow on you. It's just casting a shadow that could cause you to have fear-based behavior, ego-based behavior. So as long as you're clear beforehand, you're fine. So that would be my first advice, especially for this pre eclipse season for the next week when you're hearing this you will have about five days sit down with your journal this weekend sit down with your journal I don't care if it's the day before and just get really really clear on who you would like to step out of this eclipse season as what big manifestations you would like to call in and what big changes you would like to see in your life because the sun and the moon is not yet obstructed and so therefore your energy and your sense of self is not being driven by fear-based behavior. So you can get really, really clear now on the action steps and what it is that you want. So that's the first part is just clarity. This is the same as the formula for my manifestation formula. Get that clarity and start acting. 
as if. Start making these small actions towards these manifestations, towards this person who has the life that you are desiring, that you are trying to call in. And then start taking action. It's going to be really hard during the eclipse to take this action because you are going to be more likely to lean on fear-based behavior. But if you get clear beforehand, you can push through. You can know, no, this is what I need to be doing. And it can catapult that change that's in the air from Scorpio season and eclipse season to a whole new level because now you have harnessed it and you've decided to take charge. The other thing that's really potent and really important to do during eclipse season is to purge yourself of anything that is no longer serving you. So yes, this can be habits. Maybe it's just creating space, not putting anything new in the way, but just creating the space. It can be going through your home and cleaning and purging your things, but it can also be like an emotional purge and a mindset purge and like that spiritual release. Another myth that gets said a lot is that this is a time of turmoil and change and that's not a great time for manifestation. But turmoil and change is what manifestation is all about. Manifestation brings about change. So making space for it is a part of manifestation. I think people forget all the steps of manifestation sometimes and they're just thinking the like calling it in, the getting clear, like the sitting in the vibe, the like high vibe stuff. But there's a lot of shadow work. There's a lot of release that goes into manifesting. Arguably, the most important part of manifesting is that release. And so because of this, eclipse season is the best time to do that hugely pivotal part of manifesting, which is limiting belief work. This is a time that you can really look back and reflect on the parts of yourself that you don't think are worthy, that you don't like about yourself, and find the root and start to switch the script. So let's talk a little bit about what limiting belief work is and what shadow work is, because they are different. Limiting belief work is where you do not think that you are enough, whereas shadow work is looking at the parts of yourself that you do not like. And I'll give you some journal prompts, I'll give you some suggestions for how to do both of these, and I'll put them in the show notes below so that you can go reflect on them or you can return to this anytime we have an eclipse season. I'm talking about eclipse season saying it's really powerful for right now because we're in Scorpio season, but Regardless of the season, this is really important work to be doing and it always opens a hugely potent energy for transformation. This is just doubled because we're also in Scorpio season. So let's start with limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are where you don't think you're enough, you don't think you're worthy. They are what are holding you back from your manifestations because you think there is something about you that is unworthy, not enough, missing, or that you still need to work on. It's the reason that you don't think you can have something reflected back on you because of your self-worth. So this would be that fear and ego holding you back, your subconscious mind as well holding you back from calling in those manifestations, from believing you can have it out of fear, out of feelings of unworthiness. So the way that you can work through these is write down your belief. Say it is, I am not smart enough. I'm not smart enough to run my own business. I'm not smart enough to get this promotion. I'm not smart enough to apply to university. Whatever it is, I am not smart enough. And so you take this belief and you write it down and you go through moments of your past that you were told this. You can do this in your head. You can write it all out just one by one going back until you can get back to as far back as you remember. To the first time you ever remember experiencing this. 
thinking this or being told this. This doesn't need to be someone outright saying, you're not smart enough. It could be getting a bad grade on a project when you were a kid like in second grade. It could be wanting to take, for my school, we had applied and academic courses. Academic for if, were if you wanted to go to university. Applied were more college and other things like that, or just to have the information. Academic was supposed to be quote-unquote like harder or just more advanced. And so if you had something like that and you wanted to go for those more advanced academic classes and maybe your parents said, I don't think you should do that or you had a guidance counselor looking at your grades saying, I don't really think that's a good idea for you. They're not outright saying like you're not smart enough, but that is what's implied and that's the belief that can be taken from that. So try and go back to the very first time you remember this happening. Oftentimes this can be childhood, but beliefs can come from anywhere. You could have been told something a year ago, two years ago, and that belief could have latched on. So try and think back to that very, very first time that it happened. I want you to write out that scene, and then I want you to write down how you reacted physically, emotionally, and mentally. So what you thought to yourself, how you felt, and then what you did. Maybe you put up a wall. Maybe you acted like it was no big deal. Maybe you made a joke out of the situation. Look at how you responded and then I want you to look at how you still respond that and what triggers that now and just start to see how this limiting belief might be showing up in your life more than you realize or just in different ways than you realize. And then you need to look at finding forgiveness. This can be forgiveness for yourself for holding on to the belief for so long, but it's also going to be forgiveness of the person who gave it to you. This can be difficult because we're not saying that what they did was right. We're just saying it is no longer our burden to carry. Just because they thought that someone with our grades could not succeed did not actually mean that we could not succeed they were just trying to protect you. They were just trying to look out for you. They were just trying to do what was best, what they thought was best. They didn't know any better. So we're finding that forgiveness. So forgiveness is not about excusing what they did. It's about realizing that it was not about you, that it's not yours to carry. Their beliefs about you, their beliefs about how the world works is not yours to carry. So you can forgive them for putting their beliefs on you. That's all it is. If you're like, they were an awful person, the most I can do is forgive them for putting their beliefs on me because I am now going to make my own and I forgive myself for carrying them around for so long because I did not know better. That's enough. It's just working on that release and that forgiveness. Maybe it's writing them a letter and never sending it, you know, just writing a letter out in your journal being like, dear guidance counselor, this made me feel this way. I really wish you would have just allowed me to decide and supported me, blah, 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 blah. Dear parents, I really wish that you had shown a bit more support for what I wanted to do rather than what you thought was right or safe or the best idea. So that's step two. Step one is finding the root and how you reacted. Step two is forgiveness. And now the third is going to be about flipping the script, about how you want to act moving forwards, how you want to react mentally, physically, and emotionally moving forwards to this situation, and really what you want your new belief to be. This is where the affirmations come in, right? So this is when you're going to come up with that affirmation of what you want your new belief to be and start to actively switch it. When you find yourself thinking, I am not enough, switching it to, I am smart enough. 
It's actively switching your mindset. It's putting it as a reminder in your phone. It's watching your vocabulary, watching the way you speak and actively changing it so that you can actively change your mindset and then how you see the world moving forwards, which means you're more likely to take action, which means it's more likely to come in and manifest into your life because you are being the evidence of what it is that you want. So that's limiting belief work. That's the first one. The second one that's really helpful to do during the two weeks between the two eclipses is shadow work. And this is looking at the parts of yourself that you're really not happy with and that maybe you try to ignore. (laughs) If you don't like something about yourself, maybe you think you're a bad friend. Maybe you think that you interrupt people a lot. Maybe you think that you lie or whatever it is. You are competitive, overly competitive. Whatever it is that you don't love about yourself, the quality about yourself that you try to ignore, that whenever it comes out, you're like, oh, why am I like this? This is the second release that can happen. The second purge is these parts of ourselves that we are not happy with. It comes from a place of acceptance and forgiveness of ourselves and also a place of release. My favorite shadow work to do is to look at like fear-based shadow work, which is like, I'm afraid of this happening. Like, I'm afraid of losing all my friends because I feel like I'm a bad friend. Or I feel like I'm not good enough in my relationship, so I'm afraid of my partner leaving me. It's fear-based outcomes based on a part of ourselves that we're not happy with. And so this is a method that I like to call the what-if method. And basically what you do, you take those fears, you take those things that you don't feel like you are enough around, you feel like this is a really bad part of me and this is what could happen because of it, and you start to ask yourself, what if this really happened? What if my partner really did leave me? What if this friend really did leave? What if I really did lose my job? Or whatever it is that you're afraid of. And then what you do is you get really realistic with yourself. You say, okay, this would happen, then this would happen, and then I would be really upset and I would lie on the couch all day and eat ice cream. (laughs) And what you do from here is you get really realistic until you have pulled yourself out of that hole, out of that fear, into a normal life, and then evolved into your dreams, your goals, your next level life. What you'll be doing here is really showing yourself how your manifestations, your goals, your desires are inevitable. And so you're showing even if these huge, horrible things happened, and even if I leaned into this part of myself that I'm really not happy with, I still get to have everything that I want because it is inevitable for me. Sit in that feeling and then flip it. How you can still have that outcome without all the pain, heartbreak, and difficulty that that situation had. And what this does is it starts to change your mindset that that's not really possible for you. That what's possible is this outcome because it's inevitable, so might as well just get there faster rather than wait around for it. So those are the two hugely important practices to be doing during this eclipse season. What if shadow work and working through the roots of your limiting beliefs? Because this is what's going to open you up to becoming the next version of yourself that is so much more powerful. And it's going to be so much easier for you to actually release these beliefs, release these stories about yourself during this time of extreme transformation and change because immediately there's going to be something there to take that limiting beliefs place because we're in this energy of change and transformation. 
So there's always something right around the corner. So set yourself up for this big transformation by getting clear, starting your action, and then doing your shadow work and limiting beliefs. The full moon on November 8th is when we're going to be really, really having that last big full intense eclipse season release with the full moon eclipse. However, we are stepping into a waning moon period. I have the moon energy podcast that I've done in the past if you want to know more about that, but basically waning moon energy is also a time of release. So don't be surprised if on November 8th you don't step out like guns blazing, ready to go, like yes, I'm this new version of myself and I'm ready There's still two weeks afterwards of more release during the waning period. It's just not intense. So I would say that fiery action, that excitement, everything feeling like it's falling into place, don't expect that until more around November 23rd with the new moon in Sagittarius which is setting us up for fiery action. Not only just because it's Sagittarius, which is this wild, free, fiery spirit, but also because it's a new moon doing that very last purge to set us up to take action and to grow moving forwards. So even though, yes, eclipse season is done on the 8th, you should still expect to feel those releasing, those purges, that transformative energy until at least November 23rd or around there. So I hope that helped explain eclipse season a little bit to you. I hope it helped bust some of those myths about not manifesting and help you explain how you can really make the most of this. Let me know how the journal questions go for you. Let me know how your energy is doing. And I hope you have the most amazing, amazing eclipse season. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs) 